this dress on Instagram one night and it was honestly next level. I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to be like, I don't know, a Disney character or something. And I emailed them and they wrote back saying, um, our dresses start at $60,000 USD and we require, you know, you can fly to us. They were somewhere in Europe. I don't want to give away names and you can fly to us or we can come to you, but you'll require three fittings and two of us need to come and it's only business class. <laughs> and I was like, Jamie. <laughs> This episode of the You and Me podcast is brought to you by The Bridal Journey and Wonderlust Creative. This episode spotlights a real bride and the process that she has undertaken to plan her dream wedding. I'm Laura from Wonderlust Creative, a bespoke wedding and event planning company that specializes in creating unique and personal events. And I am joined as always by Andy, owner of The Bridal Journey, a premium wedding blog and research platform, the best go-to for all your wedding inspiration. Today on the show, we have the delightful Alexandra Harsik, who had a classic Melbourne wedding featured recently in Vogue Australia. Here she is. Let's dive on in. Hi, Alex. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We're super excited to have you on board um, and looking very forward to chatting all things wedding with you. Yay. Thank you. I'm equally as excited. Oh, good. We usually start our episode with our guests off by asking them about their current hit list, which can be anything from what you listen to, what you're watching, any kind of indulging things that you're doing for yourself during ISO and a little bit of our downtime. Sure. Um, what am I watching? We, my husband and I, I kind of dragged him into it, just finished normal people. Are you in love with the main character? Yes, I said to him once, I'm like, can you change your name to Connor just for a day? I just haven't been able to find anything that kind of, uh, you know, captivates me as much, which is a real shame. So just making our way through Netflix casually, not really getting into anything too crazy at the moment. We've been listening to a lot of records, which is nice because we're at home, so we finally have downtime to do that we both had quite a big record collection when we met so it's nice to kind of just sit down and have a glass or a few glasses of wine and just put some music on and do something a little bit different since you're trapped at home so that's been really nice so good so Alex tell us a little bit about yourself yeah so um I run a commercial team for a software company here in Australia uh, which keeps me very busy. I'm quite boring outside of that. I'm not one of those people that play tennis or do Pilates a week. That was my wedding regime that quickly dropped off after. I tend to, you know, go for a walk around the tan in Melbourne, which is a little uh, kind of walking slash running track around the Botanic Gardens, which is really nice. So I do that to stay saying uh other than that what about me I love to eat (laughs) I've got the reputation at work that if you ever need a restaurant recommendation everyone kind of comes to me because you go for this and this is where you go for that so um what's about me I'm a pretty normal person I say so yeah 
Lovely. So um, how did your, you and your partner meet? Yeah, so we met um, one night. I'd had a pretty big night the night before, so I wasn't feeling great. <laughs> and I had a dinner with a couple of my colleagues. It was a Friday night. We decided to go get one more drink. And I was thinking, where can I go that's really close to my house so I can sneak off? Uh, so we went to a little bar in Collingwood in Melbourne called Laser Pig. Uh, got there. There were some people that I kind of vaguely knew and we got talking and Jamie was there with them. Uh, And, you know, we just had a bit of a chat that night and it was so nice to meet a guy that just talked and didn't really, you know, do anything sleazy and and just had a bit of a chat. And we ended up staying up with some friends at a bar until 5am in the morning. Um, it was crazy. I was so tired, but you know, the adrenaline kicks in when you're single and having fun. <laughs> um, but it, was it love at first sight? I, oh, <laughs> you put me on the spot. <laughs> um, I just thought Jamie was really nice and I thought he must have been in a relationship or something because he, he didn't, you know, try and crack onto me and didn't make any moves or anything like that so I just thought he wasn't interested and it was just a really nice guy I got to meet um so the funny thing was though we stepped outside at one point of the night and there was this um man walking down the street that looked like he'd had a very fun night uh, you know he was really enjoying himself and he stopped and looked at Jamie and I and he was like you two you're in this cosmic universe together you're a couple and Jamie doesn't believe in that stuff and you know I was like oh yeah cool whatever and he just kept going and going and we went back inside like what a weirdo and it wasn't until we got engaged that I was like do you remember that man? And he was like, oh, lovely. Yes, I do. <laughs> so, yeah, that was amazing. Oh, unreal. And so how did, I think the proposal story is probably one of my most favourite things in the entire journey when I find out from my clients how he or she or they did it. Um, how about did, how did the proposal come about and did you have any idea? Yeah, so I didn't, um, it was nine months into our relationship. We got engaged very quickly. Um, well, you know, by today's standards, I suppose. So we, when we first started dating, one of our first dates was we went down, uh, to Jamie's family beach house and we had this really, kind of nice moment just walking on the beach late one afternoon and I think it's when we both thought yeah this is it I I love this person I I want to spend the rest of my life with this person and that was really early on and so nine months later Jamie tried to recreate that so we um you know woke up one morning he said let's go down to the beach and I was like okay yeah sure no worries and So we went down and we stopped and had lunch at a winery and it was this winery that had been on postcards, this really tacky, you know, Sunday Sunday afternoons that I love, mind you, where they go around to Victoria. And so, you know, it's one of the wineries they'd showed and Jamie just sat there talking about Beck Judd the whole time. Like, you know, Beck Judd was here 
think Beck Judd ordered? And I was like, this is so weird. Like, what is going on? And then we got to the family home and I was like, all right, let's go for a walk on the beach. And he was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, okay, fine, we won't. So we sat there watching Everyone Loves Raymond and I was like, this is the most boring afternoon. Why have we come here to watch Everyone Loves Raymond? We could have done this at home. And then all of a sudden it hit like four o'clock, whatever it was, and he was like, come on, we've got to go. We've got to go to the beach. And I was like, okay and that's when I was like is something happening and I was more like he's done something he's gonna tell me something really bad on this beach walk you know he's been getting the guts up to do it and so we're walking down the beach and walking and Jamie wasn't talking and he had this bag with him I was like why are you taking a bag he's like it might get cold I need it I might need a jacket and I was like okay no worries um and then you were walking and I turn around and he's down on one knee and he went to say something and he was frozen and he was shaking he was just like will you marry me and and had the box and I just bald eyes out like a maniac and yeah it was really beautiful we called our families and our friends and that was really nice and in the bag he'd had a little bottle of champagne and some glasses so that was sweet we sat there and had a drink and I said he was preempting the yes wasn't he a bag of champagne he was yeah I know imagine I said no he would have had the champagne to drown his sorrows in <laughs> so that was it was sweet. We ended up going back to Melbourne. We were going to stay the night there, but we were like, no, let's go to Dastasia, which is one of our favourite restaurants. So we did and had a bottle of champagne and a few martinis and it was great. We had a great night. Oh, sounds that's beautiful. amazing. It sounds so nice. So, so after the proposal, like how did you kind of get the ball rolling, I guess, with your wedding planning? We just started looking at venues. That was the first thing. We didn't, you know, neither Jamie nor I were one of those people that have their wedding planned out since they're like five. We didn't really know what we wanted. So we looked at a really um, different spread of venues. One of our criteria was it had to be in Melbourne and easy enough for people to get to. My grandparents were quite old. So um, the first venue we looked at was Rip and Lee and we liked it. We just weren't, you know, we liked it, but we we're like, oh, is it going to come together the way we want it to? And so we looked at some others and everything else just didn't compare. And as soon as we started building that vision up in terms of what we could do for Rip and Lee, we were like, yep, that's our place, lock it in. Yeah, the space is it, right? That's it. And then so being able to have chosen a venue that's got obviously, you know, a lot of experience and a really sophisticated way of operating, how did you find how did you find the whole process? Did you need a wedding planner? Did you rely just on the venue and their recommendations? How did it kind of work for you guys? No, I'm a real control freak. So I I just went into action. I was like, right, this is what I need to do. So I was just researching, 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 researching. I got a lot of inspo, obviously from Instagram, but also just, you know, Jamie and I are really into film 
and there are directors that we love and we took a lot of inspiration from movies as well where we were like wow we love this and these are the kind of colors that we want we didn't want something that was necessarily going to be super on trend for right now we wanted something that would be really beautiful forever uh, and that we would like forever I did have some crazy ideas that you know Jamie would pull me back into line and be like no <laughs> let's be realistic here um and some of them I got away with and they were really good in the end so uh yeah I just ended up planning everything I everything myself now and again we did get recommendations from people about things and some of those recommendations were great and some of those recommendations we didn't go with um, but for the most part, it's, you know, I was, I was lucky that Jamie just kind of stepped back. I was like, all right, you do what you want. <laughs> and like with the planning process, like what did you and Jamie decide that were your like must haves or where you were going to kind of spend the most money? Like what did you have to kind of have or what was like really important to you as a couple when planning? so many things to be honest in the end um photographer was number one I knew I wanted Erin and Tara I should have actually said that we did that even before Ripley. that was my first thing I was like right we're getting Erin and Tara and Jamie was like okay <laughs> they're done um, so that was super important for me um along with a video I I'm originally from Croatia and a lot of my family couldn't make it over for the wedding so it was important for me to have a memory of the day for me to give to them and, and make sure they felt involved. Um, another thing that was really important was flowers. I'm a flower person. I always have fresh flowers in the house, even if they're just, you know, baby's breath or something, there have to be flowers. So um, I really loved Prunella. I'd seen their work before, so I was you know, looking into them, looking in, and it kind of all fell together. Like we met with Josu, um, which was our videographer, a guy named David, and we sat down. I was like, right, David, I want our video to look like a Wes Anderson film. And he was like, okay, this is amazing. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and then we went to Prunella and I was like, I want it to be beautiful and romantic and like a Sofia Coppola film. And they're like, Done, we can do that. So it kind of just fell together and you know, we knew we wanted great food, which wasn't even an issue because we had Peter Rowland doing the catering. So we knew that would be fine. We uh, knew we wanted to bring a lot of Croatian alcohol as, you know, that was a must have by my dad that I can't have a wedding without our traditional drink there. Um, and Rip and Lee were amazing. They were so accommodating to work with us and around our must haves. So it all fell together really nicely. And then and things kind of came out that I didn't originally think were a must-have until, you know, one morning I woke up and I was like, I've just had this vision, Jamie. I want to have a harp player during pre-dinner drinks and then I want a jazz band over dinner and then I want a DJ and sax player for dancing. And he was like, are you insane? That's just the most crazy thing I've ever heard. And I was like, it's a must have. He's like, what well, was it yesterday? Yesterday. <laughs> and we made it happen. Were there any um things that you kind of had to let go that you really wanted, but, you know, perhaps you might have been a bit over your budget and you had to kind of cut back a little bit with or? Yeah, the 
$50,000 wedding dress I found on Instagram one night. That was my next question was about your dress. I'm like, oh, you're so decisive with your suppliers. How did it work with your dress? Were you the same? Yeah, well, I found this dress on Instagram one night and it was honestly next level. I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to be like, I don't know, a Disney character or something. And I emailed them and they wrote back saying, um, our dresses start at $60,000 USD and we require, you know, you can fly to us. They were somewhere in Europe. I don't want to give away names and you can fly to us or we can come to you, but you'll require three fittings and two of us need to come and it's only business class. And I was like, Jamie. I, you know, I, I said no, obviously. <laughs> I think even if I said yes, it wouldn't have happened. Um, but then you ended up going with um, Karen Willis Holmes, didn't you? Yeah, I, uh, Jamie had been in hospital one morning. He'd had a really sore stomach. I mean, it was just crazy. And I ended up taking the day off with him and we were home that afternoon. He was just sleeping and one of my girlfriends who was getting married a month before me sent me a message saying, hey, are you home? Uh, Do you want to go look at a wedding dress for me? And I was like, yeah, sure, no worries. And we went to High Street Armadale and she tried on a dress, picked it, and we were walking back to our cars and I walked past Karen Willis Holmes and I was like, wow, I love that dress in the window. And it was totally different to what I thought I would have had. I always thought I would have lace and sleeves and a low cutout back and She was like, go try it on. And I put it on and I just was, I didn't know, something came over me and I was like, this is my dress. This is perfect. When you know, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I took some photos and I sent it to my dad and my dad called me within like 30 seconds and was like, how much is it? (laughs) And I told him and he's like, I'm sending you my credit card. Buy it right away. And I was like, oh, should I look around? And dad was like, no, just buy it. Just buy it. Um, And so I went the next day with my bridesmaids and with my grandma and everyone loved it. Um, And that was my dress. It just kind of happened. Very like classic and traditional. I was going to say, and I ended up picking a second dress as well um, to to dancing because I just wanted something a bit more fun. And I mean, it ended up being a jumpsuit with a little train uh, at the back and that kind of had the sleeves and the lace. <laughs> so that ticked that box. Um, it was great. Lovely. And then you also decided to go with like a, a headpiece as well? Yeah. So I knew I'd wanted a headpiece I've always loved not a crown but that look of having something on your head I loved Grace Kelly's wedding photos I'd loved Miranda Kerr's wedding photos but also grandma um, who who raised me she had a headpiece in her wedding and it was made out of these beautiful little flowers and I was speaking to a lot of designers locally in Australia about getting one made and I kind of was sitting there one day and I thought I'm just going to email Stephen Jones and just see what happens. I mean, this guy does all the headwear for Dior and the Royal family and celebrity, you know, for the Met Gala he did. I don't even know how many people. So I was like, he's never going to want to work with me, but I'll give it a go anyway. 
and within a uh, within a week I locked him in and he was the loveliest out of anyone I'd spoken to and just so kind it was one of the most beautiful experiences of the wedding I dealt a lot with his um, assistant a guy called William who was just an angel and he would respond to all of my requests and would send me samples through and photos and I mean, it was just we've um done a lot with like Naomi Campbell and Madonna I think is yeah literally everyone <laughs> it's crazy and I I mean still to this day not to sound like a twat but I get about five messages on Instagram each week saying who did your who did your headpiece where can I buy your headpiece and I'm like oh it was custom made. I spoke to William the other day and he said, we get so many requests. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Beautiful though. It was so gorgeous. It was. It was. It I really, I think, brought together my outfit and I could get away with having such a simple dress because I had this amazing thing on my head. Yeah, and you carried an amazing classic but oh so beautiful bouquet as well. Yeah, I uh, Prunella was so good. I mean, oh, I've there are parts of me that I think I would have been a nightmare because I gave them a list of about 35 flowers that I hate. <laughs> like none of these, none of these, none of these. None. And they looked at it and they said, yep, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> so, um, and I was very specific with my roses. I was like white, but not too white. They need to have a little bit of a tinge of something in them. And they just, I mean, they were stunning when those flowers arrived. Myself and my bridesmaids, we were all like, oh, these are beautiful. Yeah, we definitely got the best with them, I think. All your supplies, by the sounds of it, you've had a pretty, like it all sounds pretty smooth. It all sounds pretty, um, you know, sometimes it's easier in this industry having clients who know what they want as opposed to having clients that are open books but are very indecisive. So did you find throughout your planning process that there was anything that was really challenging for you guys to kind of um, lock away or did you come up against any kind of roadblocks in the planning process? We had roadblocks, um, I think, managing our expectations of what we would want with expectations about what was a reasonable amount to spend on a wedding. I, I, you know, as good as Instagram is, it also, you can get really carried away because you do start, you get into such a different mindset and I never thought I would become a wedding person and I did and you start comparing yourself to other people and you're like well they had all of this so I need to have all of that and it, you know you see all of these really extravagant things and you start to think god is my wedding going to be good enough if I don't have that and that was challenging because you need to remind yourself why you're actually getting married it doesn't really matter how it's going to look on Instagram and I think once you accept that and move away from that thought you feel so much better and lighter within yourself um any other challenges I suppose for me because I'd 
sourced everything from different places and I didn't have a professional putting it together I was worried if everything would work when it did come together so I'd hired cutlery I'd hired plates I'd hired glassware for example I designed and got made all of our um, seating charts I had a welcome chart when you entered with a Pablo Neruda poem for example so I was just sitting there thinking is this going to work is it going to look nice together or is it going to look like a complete and utter shambles when you when you put it together is my headpiece going to arrive fitting my hedge is it going to match my dress uh little things like that I suppose you get a bit iffy about Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah which none of them happened at all Lots of photos. Not, you would nailed it, completely nailed it. So tell us a little bit about your um tell us about the wedding day. So you can set the scene for us if you so, can. So you did get married on the um twenty seventh? Twenty seventh of April. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 2019. So we the night before, uh, we wanted to do something traditional. So we had our rehearsal at the church the night before our wedding my grandma really wanted us to have a church wedding she just loved the tradition of it so we you know we thought all right if she wants a church we'll give her a cathedral and <laughs> we Um, so we had our rehearsal at the cathedral which was so nice because we had our families there and we had our bridal party uh we really kind of got to connect with the priest and he was the funniest person you've ever met and kept cracking jokes the whole night and it really put us at ease we we all just sat there laughing pretty much the whole rehearsal and then after that um Jamie's parents very kindly hosted a rehearsal dinner. So the family, the immediate family and the bridal party, we had a private dining room at a restaurant in the city. So that was lovely. Um, and then Jamie and I stayed at Crown Towers in Melbourne. We we live up the road, so it wasn't really necessary to stay somewhere. But, you know, I wanted the nice views when you were getting ready and someone to clean up your dishes for you when you were not eating and not have to worry about that. So we um, slept there that night. The next morning we woke up together. I, you know, I know the traditional thing is you slept, spend the night apart, but I think there are some traditions you can break. We live together, you know, so, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, you know, no one's under any illusions. So um, we spent the night together, which was nice. It just kind of took away some of that anxiety because you could talk to each other about what you were feeling and your nerves. Uh, and we wake up the next morning, Jamie left, and I started getting ready, you know, just showering. And then my bridesmaids came Jamie had, oh, sorry, before he left, we decided to give each other our wedding gifts. Um, Just between us, we didn't want it to be a thing with the photographer there and capturing that we we wanted to share the moment with just him and I. Um, And Jamie got me a Cartier love bracelet and, and got me a really wrote a really beautiful card and I gave him his gift and then he left my bridesmaids arrived he sent over some champagne and you know some 
food, which was great. Um, my maid of honor, her mom came and she dropped off my dress and brought sandwiches and more champagne. And we were just sitting there going, oh my God, are we going to get drunk before the wedding? Like we need to slow this right down. <laughs> um, so it got ready. It was really relaxed. There was no, I, I mean, I had come up with a spreadsheet schedule for the day for myself and my bridesmaids and the the groom and the groomsmen as to what was going to happen down to a 15 minute interval so there was no need to stress about time because it had been all planned out um and so the hair arrived and makeup artist arrived and we got ready really nice and relaxed um headed to the church on time I wasn't late which was my thing I'm not going to be late to my own wedding uh, we got there and the priest is standing outside looking so nervous. And I'm like, what's happened? And he's like, the organist is running late. They forgot about your wedding. They're on their way, but they're going to be 15 minutes late. I'll just go inside and tell everyone you're held up. And I'm like, no, you no, 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 no. You'll just tell them the organist is running late. So we kind of just, I don't know, stood around. It was you know such an awkward thing because you're standing there in a wedding dress and people are looking at you and like I don't oh you know hi <laughs> how's, it going? how's your day um and because you're standing there and the emotions are milling up I had my little teary moment and my dad being you know very eastern european was like why are you crying it's your wedding day you need to be happy stop crying and I'm like okay <laughs> that snapped me out mm-hmm. um and so we uh organist arrived not actually in a faster time frame than advised so that was good had the uh, church it was beautiful and then we went off and took photos um at what were the Fitzroy Gardens in the city uh so that was really gorgeous and beautiful and it was actually a really magical time taking those photos which I never would have thought I thought it would be lots of posing and do this and do that and um, they kind of just let us do our thing and, you know, to spend that time together and it's like look inside each other's eyes, which sounds so dorky, but to actually do that right after you've got married, you kind of feel like you're in this bubble and I'll never be able to describe the feeling properly. I'll never be able to recreate it. It was just really magical. Uh and then we headed over to Rip and Lee um, and our videographer, David, actually got us to, there's this beautiful lawn in front of the building and he said, what's your first dance song? And I told him and he found it on his phone and he played it and he said, now I want you two to dance to it and I'm going to film you. And it was so nice to do that. Jamie and I are both quite shy and private people, Jamie probably more so than I. So to have that first dance official moment just between him and I in a garden, the sun setting, it was so nice. And it's one of our my favourite bits in our wedding video as well. Oh, my gosh, how beautiful. It, it sounds so good. And so it's kind of like saying pick your favourite child, but what part of your wedding was do you have a standout part? And if so, why does that stand out so much to you? Yeah, I do. We, uh, I didn't want anything too traditional in my wedding. I mean, I was born in Croatia, but I, 
I've grown up here and I really identify as being Australian. So I would have felt like a bit of a fraud trying to recreate traditions for the sake of it. Um, But one thing that I did want from my culture was to have a traditional dance that we do uh, where everyone kind of holds hands and goes around in a circle. Everyone's seen some kind of variation of it from some European culture. Uh, so I had um, at one stage, I don't even remember when it was in the wedding, but before the dancing started officially, a song of that played and I went and I grabbed my grandma's hand and I was like, come on, we're going to dance. I knew my dad wouldn't. He's never danced in his life. So he just stood and watched. Um, and she came up with me and I told my dad about the idea before and dad said, why are you going to do that, Alex? No one knows how to dance to that. It's just going to be you and your grandma. And I was like, okay, well, if it is, it is. And so I get my grandma and her and I are about to start and I look around and literally everyone has stood up and gotten onto the dance floor and you can't move and no one knows what they're doing, but people are clapping and they're screaming and they're jumping around. And it was just electrifying. I mean, still to this day, my grandma, whenever I call her, she's like, that moment at your wedding was the best moment of my life. And on Jamie's side of the family who are all, you know, mostly Australian, um, his parents will always say, our friends just say how incredible that was. And everyone got together and everyone was excited and everyone put an effort in. It was just, it was amazing. It was honestly amazing. Wow, beautiful. And so um, with your, so you had the ceremony and um, your photos and things. So was your wedding like a sit-down dinner? Like how did the kind of night pan out? We did have a sit-down dinner. We toyed with having a cocktail um, event for a while because there were some venues we'd liked but they only did cocktail and I told my grandma and she said, just don't even have a wedding then because, <laughs> you know, I need to sit down and enjoy it. So we had sit-down, which we were a bit hesitant as to how it would work out but I don't think anyone even ate their mains or dessert because we were all dancing the whole night. Um, We had speeches divided throughout the night. I didn't want to have an hour worth of speeches for me and for Jamie and I really. It was important that people were up and dancing and having fun, not just sitting there listening to someone talk about your 18th birthday. So um, we had my speeches go first and then a little bit later Jamie's speeches and we told everyone they had to be you know under three minutes or something and then right at the end we had Jamie give a speech um I wanted to and everyone was shocked that I didn't because I've done public speaking my whole life and I speak in my job all the time and I'm such a talker as you can tell (laughs) um and I it kind of got to my wedding and I was like I can't give a speech if I give a speech I'm just gonna get up there and cry the whole time and I just you know it's very true what people say it's harder to talk in front of people you know than a room full of strangers so I decided not to um and I'm I don't have any regrets about it either because Jamie thanked you know all the important people um that helped put the day together and and that were there and made it what it was and I kind of got to say everything I wanted to say to him in the morning when we were getting ready so that was nice lovely sounds so good and a very a vogue bride 
worthy wedding that you had there as well. What a what a beautiful feature that they gave you in Boat Bride too. It's really, really special. You've got some um yeah, some gorgeous memories that you can keep for a long time. Yeah. When we were in Croatia when they asked us on our honeymoon and we were eating breakfast with my uncle and auntie who I'm very close with and you know, the message came through and I was crying and so excited. My uncle's like, What's Vogue? <laughs> Oh, it sounds like it was just, you know, it was perfect. Other than that organ player being late, did you have any other near misses, any disasters, any anything that you, if you had your time again, would you potentially do a little bit differently? Yes, um, we did. We uh, had the DJ play our do not play list instead of our playlist. Oh, no. Standing there and the first song was okay and then the second song and I'm looking at Jamie and I'm like I said no Michael Jackson and then it went into Beyonce I'm like I said no Beyonce and then it went into Bruno Mars and I'm like I said definitely and we had this moment and Jamie was like what are you gonna do are you gonna say something and I said no we're in it now if we have fun no one's gonna know just go along, enjoy ourselves. Everyone else seemed to be having fun. No one was sitting there going, oh, my God, I can't believe she's playing Beyonce. <laughs> um, so we just kind of went on with it and, you know, it was just one of those things that it happens and you honestly can't control everything. I also had my wedding dress rip at the start of the day, the um, little sheer bit that kind of sat over my um, chest and shoulders that ripped off so in some photos it looks really wonky and it's higher and it's lower and I just you know I thought we're in the day I've put so much time and effort into this and I'm not going to let anything ruin it I'm not going to let a few stitches coming out of my dress ruin it I'm not going to let a do not playlist of music ruin it I'm going to ride with it you know it's life you can't control life you can't control every little detail Single ladies, did that play? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. like an anthem for some people though. <laughs> I know, I know, but anyway, it was what it was. That's no fun. one knew. Everyone had fun, so that's the main thing. Yeah, everyone. I knew she was a closet Beyonce fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so we might kick off with our little black book. So that's kind of where you got all your suppliers. Um, so we know that your dress was from Karen Willis Holmes. Um, where were your shoes from? Um, Manolo Blahnik. Great. And was were, can you describe them a little bit? They were the haggis. They're the kind of, you know, the ones Sarah Jessica Parker wore when she got married in Sex and the City, the ones they've got the little crystal on them, but I didn't go for blue. I went for white and I am a notorious stiletto wearer and I decided I'm not going to break my back on my wedding. So I went with the smaller heel option, which was a great idea because no one could see them in the end anyway. Lovely. Um, Hair? Hair, I had Zoe, I don't want to say her last name wrong, Carlos, um, do it. She was amazing. Just had a had a fun and um, beautiful for my bridesmaids. We did loose curls and a bit of hair up with individual pearls as pins throughout. Oh, lovely. And makeup? Yeah, it was Julie. Again, don't want to say her last name wrong, Provis. Um, she... 
actually found her a week before the wedding because my last uh, my makeup artist that was meant to do my makeup was sick. So Julie kind of did a trial on a Monday and my wedding was on the Saturday and she just nailed it. Gorgeous. Um, and we know that your headpiece was from Stephen Jones. Did you wear any jewellery? Yeah, I did. I had earrings from uh, Natasha Schwarzer and my Cartier bracelet that Jamie had given me. And then our wedding rings and wedding bands and my engagement ring was all by a local Melbourne um, jeweller called Kushler Whiting. Lovely. And so music, I'm not sure, maybe perhaps you might want to skip out on the DJ, (laughs) but did you have any other kind of add-ons? I know that you talked about the harp and things at the beginning, but. Yeah, so we had it all um, from one company. And listen, when I contacted them after the wedding to say that this had went wrong, they couldn't have been better they were so apologetic they refunded us for the dj they've offered to do any other events that they um that we might need from them so they were fantastic they were very professional the jazz was amazing the harp player was amazing it was just it was a mix-up and that's all you kind of like everyone makes mistakes and these things happen all the time but all you ask maybe is just for a bit of an apology yeah, and, you know, I made a funny story. Imagine being like, our wedding was perfect. Nothing went wrong. <laughs> I, I can say, our do not play a mixed couple. Exactly. Um, and then your flowers were from Prunella? Yes, that's right. Yeah, great. And groom suit? Groom suit. Jamie got his suit from Mason's, um, a store in Melbourne, and the brand was Asaya. Lovely. And bridesmaid dresses? They were custom made by a designer called Dispania. Oh, great. I haven't heard of. Um... Gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Lovely. And the venue was Rip and Lee. Um, did you, um, did they have like a room that you could hire out or is it like the whole venue? Yeah, you have, they've got like a ballroom that sits um, on the property. It's a huge property. It's a national park. Uh, so we had it in the ballroom and it overlooks the pool. It's just gorgeous. Lovely. Um, so your photography was Erin and Tara. Did they also do the videography or did you have a separate? No, the videographer was uh, Josue, J-O-S-U-E, and the guy's name is David. Lovely. And your stationery, so like your seating chart and invitations, like did you get them from one supplier or different suppliers or how did that kind of work? Yeah, we got it from a supplier called Always Eventive. Lovely. And your catering, did Rip and Lee do the catering? Yeah, uh, Peter Rowland. And cake? Cake we had by a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous person who we fell in love with so much that she ended up coming to our wedding. Um, <laughs> Miriana and her um, her cake uh a uh, company is called Tort, so T O R T E. Um, they were amazing, so much so that I got another one for our first wedding anniversary. <laughs> Lovely. And if we finish with one last question, what word of advice do you have for future brides? Ah, oh, just remember why you're getting married, and and 
don't get caught up in it. I speak to so many people and they, it doesn't even become about the fact that they're marrying the person they love anymore. It's just like, I want to do something so cool that it's going to blow up the internet. I mean, the, it's nice if it happens and if it doesn't, it doesn't really matter because you're spending your life with someone, not with Instagram followers. <laughs> Yeah, best word of advice. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for your time today and for all your words of wisdom. Um, It was really nice to talk through your wedding day. It just sounded magic. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining.